0: All right welcome back everybody here we are yet again to catch up on some more survivor 43 dom vibes still high from you on this season is is yet again
1: the right word here are we using that a little bit too loosely
0: <laughs> maybe i might be pushing the threshold of yet uh right off the top here
1: yeah I, I i guess i'm vibing with the season i don't really have strong feelings about it one way or another and I have kind of felt this way at various points about 41 and 42 as well and so this is where we get back to what by now is this age-old question of has my relationship with Survivor changed or is it just the past few years have been pretty difficult for the world (laughs) in a lot of ways or what have you or is it that the show has changed in a way that now it's missing some ingredient which i maybe couldn't even have articulated before but which I, I, I am feeling the loss of now i don't know but i i'm enjoying the season i, I like watching every week uh, but i i do see where people are coming from where they say that it feels like it's kind of following a template that feels more soulless i suppose
0: yes uh i definitely think there may be some fatigue along the lines of how similar it feels to the last couple of seasons and I, you know, we, we both spent a long time, and I'm sure we're not alone, uh, plenty of people hearing us right now probably spent a long time kind of bemoaning this state of Survivor in, like, the late 30s seasons in particular, and some of the, like, production decisions that were being made in terms of how the game was formatted, and probably uh, even beyond that, and the way I'm kind of spinning it to myself is... it feels i i feel uh less invested i don't even know if that's the right way of framing it but i feel less extreme in either direction about this particular season i think at least conceivably because i like such a huge percentage of the cast and i go in knowing every week that there's going to be some new twist and we'll see how that affects things and we'll see what becomes of like everything now that we're emerged and how all of that's going to play out. And like, we just had our first big group vote and I still don't feel like I'm particularly like clear on the dynamics of even what's going on or what to expect in the future. And I understand that for a lot of people that is going to be like, not a huge issue necessarily, but something they would rather have than not. Uh, and for me, I guess I'm just at the point where, because I'm so comfortable with so many of the conceivable outcomes that are going to be on the table here, and also because I feel like the game is just at a point in its evolution where it's kind of a fool's errand to look that far ahead, and I'm very happy that the edit is not doing too much in the way of like tipping the scales in any one direction in particular, as far as I can tell, I'm at, I'm kind of conflicted, I guess, about feeling less enthusiasm overall for this season but still very much liking the season like as a whole
1: so here's something which only just occurred to me and i am curious to see if you're on the same page here do you think that the three tribe format that is part of what seems to be the fabric of the show now is maybe an underrated culprit in all of this because we just have fewer combinations of people interacting before we get to specifically this point in a season and if we're not going to have any kind of a pre-merge swap or anything then just if you like this person on tribe a and this other person on tribe b well just the odds of them interacting going into the season are lower than they would be on you know the vast majority of seasons in the modern day before this and then even when uh you know we get into the season and they both seem to be doing well you have to rely on them making it to the merge and only then do we we get to possibly see how how they might play out and so i wonder if if you kind of uh maybe misfire with some of those initial starting tribe assignments then if there's this combination of two people that would really just like click like magic and you, you want to see them interact on the screen well if they're stranded on these different tribes maybe and I, maybe this is a, an attempt to remedy this in some ways. You get to see them when they're going off to Advantage Island or something, or they're, they're going on a quest together, and you, you get these fun little moments uh, uh, before that, but it is only just moments, and, and maybe that's part of the issue here. I
0: I think it is certainly a possibility that the three-tribe format is having some like unintended effects uh, in the way that people get to interact or not interact uh, more accurately pre-merge and my inclination though would be that rather than it being because it's a 3 tribe season versus a 2 tribe season i would be inclined to attribute more of that element to just not having swaps anymore which i i'm very eager to acknowledge i'm sure there are a ton of like production considerations going on that we have No idea about and would be very ignorant to uh, try to talk through like how things should be without that sort of information available to us. But I think that would probably be my lead theory, at least uh, as far as things go towards what you were describing that makes sense
1: but i think those two things are connected as well especially in an era where and this is where i will finally give some ground to the the people grouching about 26 days versus 39 if you had three starting tribes and you had a pre-merge swap in that compressed schedule well there's really no time for either the pre-swap tribes or the post-swap tribes to really get to know each other all that well before inevitably they have to get mixed up and then i assume there has to be roughly at the midpoint or just after that before we get to the merge but the merge now is only on like day 12 or something if this episode is anything to go by so I, i think that there is some tension there between like we're already right on a three tribe season where there's no swap we often feel like one of the three tribes at minimum feels like they're kind of uh fading into the background even if we kind of like what we see from them when we do when we want to see more it's just hard to balance that in any consistent way. And if now there's no time for any of that to settle, and you're just mixing it up again, well, we're going to get to the, these, like, uh, I, I can imagine if we got our way on that and we came in here, we, we, we'd we be saying instead, like, well, I, I know that this post-swap green tribe is going to be a great survivor bar trivia question a few years from now, because no one will remember the name or who's on this tribe or what happened there. And maybe nothing happened there, because in the two or three votes that uh, came between the swap and the merge, they didn't go to tribal. So why bother when there's so much uh, much other stuff going on and something is going to get lost in the shuffle there as well. So I think that it it might be like a pick two situation of shorter schedule, three tribes and uh, a pre-merge swap. And maybe the answer for some people would be go back to 39 days. I picked my two, (laughs) but given that this is the world we live in now, maybe it has to be one of the other two instead.
0: Yeah. And, I would, at least personally, be interested in, if it were, like, a possibility, which again, I don't know what the producers have to work around as far as all of this is concerned, and I could be throwing out an idea that is just, like, not feasible in modern times anymore, Uh, but I never had a big issue with it when, for instance, uh, I believe this is roughly what happened on Survivor 31, and I think somewhat roughly what happened on survivor 40 although i somehow have a much less clear memory of survivor 40 than i do of survivor 31 i'm down with the idea of we get our starting teams we play two rounds in those teams and then we very quickly swap so like in this case If it were a situation where we start with either two or three tribes, the first couple of people are gone, and then we swap right after that on, like, day four or five or whatever. I I guess it would be day five uh, in this accelerated kind of schedule era. I am very willing to acknowledge that that would probably ramp the variance up way higher than it already is in Survivor, which is an extreme degree... From the get go, uh, and the players themselves may not enjoy this format so much, but I think that would be like my gun to head solution for how to, if it's a possibility, get a swap in on a season on a 26 day schedule. Like, let the people have a couple rounds to get to know each other, and then we swap into two tribes of eight after the first two are gone.
1: That is interesting, too, though, because one thing you do hear time and time again is there is such a high premium on those initial relationships on your starting tribe. Uh, And so if there's one tribe which maybe doesn't last very long or doesn't have to go to tribal initially uh, and and they never get shown, but you know that whatever did or did not happen there is going to be crucial when uh, it comes down the line. So 41 was the perfect case study in this, right? Where uh, Luvu as a whole just keeps winning. Uh, They never stop winning. And so we don't see anything from them. But it turns out that they're going to be all of our end gamers, so that is a really big loss. And specifically, the, the winner's uh, closest uh, alliance and friendship is the most invisible person on the season, and one of the most invisible cast members of all time to the point where it became this running joke. So, uh, or, or even uh, like I remember Stephen saying in Cambodia, right? And we, we came here speculating about this every week back back in 2015. Now that like we never saw anything about original Bion because but well, they they were there for like two episodes or whatever, and then they swapped and they didn't lose in that time. But so many of those initial relationships were absolutely pivotal in the way the season played out. And we just had to fill in the gaps for ourselves because they wouldn't help us uh, do that. So I, maybe with more kind of care and finesse in editing that th- you could patch over that too. But it really, it, maybe this is a situation where uh, like you, you, you smooth down that, and then another end of the carpet at the other side of the room pops up yeah. at the same time. Like, I, I do not know <laughs> if you can actually keep all of this in balance.
0: Uh, that's, a, that's a very good way of putting it. And I don't disagree with uh, that general idea uh, being vital on any season of Survivor. Of Those initial bonds and the people that you're interacting with in the very early days being super crucial. But I was thinking about just the point at which we currently are uh, in like the modern era of the game. And you tell me if you disagree with this, because while I still think it is massive to get off to a good start with the people on your starting tribe, whoever that is and however many people happen to be there. I felt to me for a long, long time. And by that, I mean like well over a decade, if not close to two, closer to two decades that, the pre-merge part of Survivor could very regularly be more important than the post-merge part once you've, like, established the numbers post-merge. It's like a matter of just getting there with your people and then hoping to be on the right side of everything post-merge. I feel like while it is still totally crucial uh, to develop good bonds early, I would say, and I, I would have a hard time coming up with any season of Survivor where that wasn't the case, I do feel like we are gradually getting to the point where it is at least increasingly less and less relevant over time. Like to me, the vibe I got in the beginning of this most recent episode when everyone was finding out about the merge uh and really happy about it, I, I feel like they left three or four people. ...in the episode saying something along the lines of... ...okay, now the game can really begin... ...I feel like we might be getting to the point... ...where it's, again... ...certainly very important... ...to develop uh, as many great relationships as you can... uh, ...in the early days... ...but I do wonder if... ...now that the cast knows... There are going to be twists flying at us from all over the place uh, and we're going to be coming in from three tribes and all the people are going to be super fans and the game's going to be a lot more fluid than it often was for the first couple decades of Survivor if more and more people are just kind of viewing the pre-merge as a means by which to get to the post-merge and then I can actually start playing.
1: I think that is that is right and... You think back to the first season that we ever covered in South Pacific, where it very much was who has the numbers pre merge That's all that mattered. That was the million dollar question heading into the merge and Cochran flipping in the way that he did. The the whole idea of a flip has kind of taken on this new meaning now, because when you are playing Kingmaker and deciding which side has the post-merge majority, that's very different from, well, I'm the swing vote for this one vote, but I and everyone else understand that the alliances the next episode might be completely different um and i don't know if we're ever going to have a what now feels like a very old school season or an old school dynamic like that in the post merge anymore it feels like we, we really have moved on from that
0: yeah um okay so uh, one other thing uh unrelated to any of that that i wanted to flag up is i uh, i know i've brought this up before i recently moved and there has been at least a slight issue uh as far as my like microphone goes, and it's incredibly annoying, and I've been trying to do a bunch of different things uh, to figure out what's causing it and how to fix it, and we do have a couple kind of like irons in the fire and like backup precautions, and obviously, if you're hearing me right now, then the the microphone has been at least passable, uh, but I am deeply nervous that it's going to continue to do the thing where when i go quiet for an extended period of time such as like when dom is talking uh when i start talking again it's kind of rough in there and if that's happening again this week i'm very sorry i'm hoping uh it's kind of smoothing itself out and we'll eventually have a better solution to that but in the moment right now i am deeply nervous (laughs) about how all of this is going to sound on the recording so sorry please uh don't hold too much of that uh, against us. We are working on it, and we'll hopefully have like a, a much cleaner solution very soon. Uh, but Dom, all right, uh, let's dive in. I think now uh, with the audio <laughs> uh, disclaimer out of the way, there because I know it bothers some people, and it would certainly bother me. So uh, really <laughs> feel guilty about that, and hopefully it's okay. Uh, let's get into how everything goes down here at this. Do we call it a merge? Uh, like I get that. It is not technically the Merge. Yeah, everyone's on the same beach, and they're all going to tribal council together, and to me, that very much feels like it should be, spiritually at least, the Merge. But in your mind, is this the Merge episode? Is is Ellie the Merge boot here?
1: It's the Merge episode. She's the Merge boot. You have all earned the Merge, whether Jeff says you have or not. You're all perfect to me, people. It's fine.
0: I agree. I In my mind, like, I, I can't get the idea out of my head about... Lydia uh, will always be, in my memory, the, the merge we, we boot. Know. And, and we know. It's uh, okay, Sydney. Okay, sorry, get into the- Okay, all right, Dom. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's dive into how all of this uh, is going to go down here. And one thing I thought was uh, worth getting into, just to kind of revisit the discussion at large, now that we've seen it go down a couple of, I guess, three different times now, Where are you currently on the idea of whether or not this is technically the merge, we're going to go to a vote, and about half of the tribe is just going to be safe? Is that something that feels like fundamentally wrong to you at this point in a season of Survivor, setting aside the hourglass of it all, but just six people are safe and the other half are up for elimination?
1: Yeah, while I hate the way that we got here and a lot of the other stuff that gets bundled in... With this idea, the way they've set this up, I don't hate this. I I go back and forth on whether I like it right here because to me, the appeal of the merge episode has always been that now everything is up for grabs, and you think back to like Marcus and Gabon, kind of, or there have been uh like maybe Joe in what uh. Edge of Extinction, potentially? Like, you think of these people who are just sitting pretty for the entire first phase of the game, and sometimes that's in part because they're the one helping their tribe to cross the challenges or, or whatever. But I like that idea of you get to the merge, and now it's no holds barred. And there are people who, for the first time, are really thinking about, like, do I have to win immunity? Like, is that a thing that I have to do on Survivor? Because they're starting to finally entertain the possibility that they could be in danger. And I feel like when part of that is kind of done for you i'm sure the stakes feel that much higher for the six people for the half of the tribe who don't have immunity and can be voted for but for the others um it would be a shame and i i imagine as the the canon for this era of survivor develops over time we're going to hear about these people who had they been on the other half of that tribe like if their half heard. Lost the challenge instead of won the challenge, they almost certainly would have been voted out. But they're but for the grace of God, uh, you know, they have immunity, and so now the entire story of the season changes. And maybe that's the point. And maybe like I know uh, people speculated like was that true of Erica in forty right. one? Um, that maybe that's good, right? If someone can actually change the course of history, not to to drag that <laughs> first race into the discussion, but. Maybe that's good. Like maybe I am missing the point and that is the point and we should be celebrating that. But I do, I do miss the days where someone could, you know, be, be running high, be sitting pretty for the first 21 days and then almost be a marked man or a marked woman as soon as they hit that merge. And maybe that's what happened to Ellie. Maybe you, you, you can still get that, but it's not a guarantee in quite the same way. That said, I love the idea of splitting the tribe up in this way and some people are immune and some people aren't and maybe this is something that you sprinkle in a few times uh in the post-merge like maybe once those and that initial craziness is settled and you've got past what should be the high point of the merge sometimes that leads to this kind of lull in the season this would be the perfect way to spice that up uh potentially um yeah yeah, I,
0: i don't mind that at all i that hadn't even crossed my mind but i like that
1: i do think it adds this fun dynamic where you have people who know they are safe, kind of horse trading with the fates of the people who are not safe. And that that having this new power dynamic suddenly introduced, I think, is a lot of fun. Because one thing you hear so often is that just winning that individual immunity, even if you yourself probably were not going to be vulnerable. And even though really there's like you you still have one vote just like everyone else, there's no reason why your one vote should count for any more. In practice, what you, you hear a lot of the time is that person who has immunity both feels more confident and is treated like they are more important when it comes to those uh, vote discussions. And I think it's not such a big leap to get from there to, well, why don't we just make four or five people immune and, and see what happens, where um, you essentially have these these two different camps being suddenly created out of, out of thin air.
0: Yeah, I think there was probably a, a time in my Survivor fandom where it would have sat much worse with me than it does today uh but given that you know we're 43 seasons into this and the producers are taking a ton of different swings in a million different directions pretty much season after season after season i think this is actually one of the potential kind of things that could become as standard for like positive reasons because it proves to be effective over time as like a hidden immunity idol or uh, is the shot in the dark even a thing still on this is that's still happening to see we've heard we've heard zero discussion about it but I would put that in the same camp of I think this is potentially just like an a, a, an abstractly great idea in theory that I would have no issue with them uh, given the kind of just state of Survivor as a franchise throwing out their whenever not whenever they feel like it but fairly regularly uh and i do also think that the hourglass of it all i uh, probably rubbed most people the wrong way and brought kind of the six and six split down with it and i would also say along similar lines to that i really wish this could somehow be formatted in a different way such that we don't have this in my mind very awkward kind of six per six or seven person merge feast immediately after the challenge when the scrambling should be like at an all-time high now that six people are suddenly safe and the groups are just split apart and half of them are over there eating it it, it, that part of it the the whole merge feast dynamic part of it feels very weird to me and i think kind of brings down my overall perspective on the six and split roughly six and six split happening in the first place but i think in isolation having half the group just out of nowhere be safe is a twist that as far as i've seen but again setting aside the hourglass part of it is basically fair to everyone to the same extent and unfair to everyone in the same extent they all have the same odds of drawing a really good group to be with or a really bad group to be with and the people who have more better as in separately more and better uh <laughs> social bonds there are going to have the upper hand. I think this is something that could go a long way in spicing up survivor and making the game a lot more dynamic uh just because one of as much as i love survivor as as a concept and like a game design it is perpetually kind of at the risk of one group of people locking in an alliance and that's all the season is going to come down to uh whatever the producers can do in a fair way an exciting way to minimize the risk of that happening too soon i think is a good thing
1: yeah, and it's been such a staple of various uh, like online Survivor games, or even the, the in-person Survivor games and other reality shows. That idea of mixing things up by just walling off one half of the, the game and saying, all right, the rest of you, you are now vulnerable, and you and potentially the others just figure that out for yourselves. And it doesn't always work, of course, but I think it's a good... It's a very good and very easy way to just inject a little bit of spice into what might be this kind of a calcifying season which is why why do that at the merge where in theory the entire hook of the merge episode is this is finally when everyone gets to interact and is meeting each other for the first time that feels like the one vote in that phase of the game that shouldn't need that kind of extra uh, energy in it
0: i totally agree with that yeah uh so we all arrive on the same beach and we are not technically merged yet but We get this uh, clip right away of Owen rolling us, the audience, through who has what idols and advantages that he knows of, uh, and then they sprinkle in the little Cody cherry on top that he doesn't know about, and I I certainly hear uh, the camp that is saying, oh my god, look at how full the screen is with the little infographic on who has what, and this is getting out of hand. I was wondering where you're at these days on the hidden immunity idols in particular, because I don't think there's much we can do or should necessarily even want to do about having one idol at each of the starting camps. And then I like that they're doing the journeys and letting people from different tribes interact with each other. Uh and frankly we might have gotten lucky that geo left with the knowledge is power just kind of in his pocket because otherwise that would be up there uh in someone's hands on that screen as well. And so I'm kind of torn about the state of like advantage overload. And I'm including idols as kind of advantages in this larger point. But I also think one thing that seemed to me like potentially kind of a bad thing on the surface that may actually have some sort of like hidden value for lack of a better term is I did not like at all the idea that because the secret phrases or the beads are done in public ways that once we do arrive at this point where everyone's on the same beach together and they're gunning for people from other tribes or gunning for people that they didn't like on their own tribes whether it's a secret phrase or someone collecting the beads it is impossible or very very close to impossible for anyone to get away with keeping a hidden immunity idol actually hidden once we hit this point but given just the sheer fact that i think is just a reality in modern times on survivor that there are going to be a bunch of idols and a bunch of advantages and you're going to have to deal with that as players uh and it's going to be complete chaos and pretty impossible to accurately play around everyone who has everything, especially when there are 13 people out there running around. It seems like chickens with their heads cut off uh, at this merge vote based on the things they were saying to Jeff at tribal council. I actually I, that maybe I'm just uh, Stockholm syndroming myself here where I'm starting to sympathize with my captors but the fact that the idols are now essentially public idols, is it spinnable in your mind, Dom, that that could be a good thing in a game that already is going to have such a crazy amount of uncertainty and it just becomes another layer to whether or not you want to go for a hidden immunity idol now on a future season, depending on the mechanism to, to grab it, knowing that it's very likely once the merge rolls around, the people who did the exact same thing on the other teams are going to know it was you?
1: yeah it barely is hidden at this stage or it's kind of pseudo hidden and you see them trying to lean into that a little bit so stuff like the knowledge is power advantage for example only really works to the extent that it does i mean we got this nice moment in 41 and uh it kind of failed again in, in 42 it, it, i think that twist only makes sense at all in a world where some amount of this has to be out there in public or like if you if you have some information about your own idol, then necessarily you have some information about the others as well. I think if you're going to embrace that, why not just do that properly? Do that even further and do stuff like uh, idols, you know, or clues out in the open at challenges, at tribal council. Do what they did in Gabon at the Murder East, right, where you have this uh, the full tribe around the table. I think that is an important part here uh, with this uh, this amazing spread of food and sitting right in the middle of that is an immunity idol, which, if you like, you can take for yourself, or you can take and throw into the ocean, whatever uh, floats your boat.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, and I, I, maybe this is roughly uh, what you were suggesting, the idea of we all show up in the early days to pretty much any tribal immunity challenge, and Jeff just has an idol dangling from somewhere in the middle of the layout... And makes it clear up front, hey, if you want to abandon your team while they're doing this challenge and go try to run and grab this idol before someone else does, it's right there, go get it. Uh, I I think something along those lines could be uh, a, a pretty cool thing to at least give a shot Uh, i i would say they have given multiple shots to worse ideas than that (laughs) and so uh i would i'll be curious to see how this continues to evolve and like kind of what the producers feel about idols more or less being public uh because you know they're doing all of this with the beads having already seen how things played out with the secret phrases and how quickly everyone pieced together. Ah, okay. That means this person must have the idol from this tribe. Uh, my guess would be they're okay with that sort of thing. And again, maybe I'm just kind of coping with what I know is going to be an unavoidable reality. Uh, but I, I'm coming around on those ideas, uh, more and more each season as well. Uh, speaking of Jeff, kind of clarifying things up top at the beginning of oh, the show. Cha- oh, sorry. C- can I just
1: say as well, cause we, uh, skip past it a little, i i hated that that owen scene and i i'm glad that he gets to almost manifest whatever Chiron he wants and speak directly (laughs) to the audience and to the producers for him i don't know if that's sustainable if he does come back for another season where now he knows he can do that and they know that he knows he can do that i don't, don't know how that's going to evolve but yeah if you want uh if you want a scene designed from the ground up to make, you know, the Mario Lanza and friends reach for their smelling salts, really could not do much better than this. Uh, you know, super fan on a season where everyone is a super fan, talking to this, talking to the camera and to the producers in like this hyper self-aware way, and manifesting this progressively larger list of advantages that engulfs the entire screen. Like, it, I, I'm not squaring that camp myself. I get why for some people though. That scene epitomizes everything that is wrong with uh, Modern Survivor.
0: I I, I certainly sympathize with those people as well. And actually, one other thing that I've been wanting to say about Owen for like six weeks now or so, and I don't think I brought it up uh, the first time we were in here, is this is is going uh, real heavy on the rewind button, but I think it was in literally episode one when he was going around telling everyone, okay, I'll let you know if I hear your name and like not wanting to lock in. Yeah. We're a final two Alliance or whatever. Cause that'd be complete overkill uh, and a reason to be sketched out by him in the early days. I really liked the idea of if you hear my name, let me know. And if I hear your name, let I'll let you know. And we'll have this nice line of communication that could potentially someday develop into an Alliance. I really, really liked that from him on this season. However, I feel like he has single-handedly killed anyone trying to use that line, which is a very good one on like any future season after it got that sort of highlighting from him uh, Mm -hmm. in the early, it's like, it's like uh, overpowered to the extent that now that it's out there, everyone's going to be sketched out by it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So let's get into how all of this is going to go. We're going to show up on the mat now that we uh, have all gotten our stuff from our original teams uh, we're going to come meet Jeff and find out that we are indeed all coming together. And Jeff uh, goes out of his way to clarify this challenge is going to be for immunity for real this time. Then no one, no twist or no player is going to take it away from you. Shout out to Danny McRae in particular for uh, pitching a fit and getting rid of the hourglass. And to everyone out there who uh, pitched a fit about it on social media as well. I, I don't know if they necessarily would have stuck with the hourglass were it not so, like, viscerally poorly received. Uh, But I, I'm always a big fan of Survivor fans and Survivor players letting the producers know when something is terrible so that they stop doing it, uh, versus just defending whatever they do because Survivor is my favorite show, and I don't want it to go away and so anyway uh belabored that point enough we find out that we are indeed going to be splitting into two groups and we're going to draw rocks to do so one person is going to get the gray rock and they're going to just pick which team they want to kind of have their fate aligned with here. Uh, that person is ultimately going to be Noelle, and the groups that she's going to be choosing between are Ellie, Owen and Sammy from the original yellow team, along with Cassidy and James from blue. And then Cody by himself from red. That is like team number one here. And then we have Carla and Ryan along with Jesse and Dwight and then Gabler and Janine. And so I was thinking about uh, Noel's decision here just because the teams did look challenge wise so close, I, I I could certainly see a case where like if it looks like one team is a huge favorite to win the challenge, you just bet on them no matter what if you're Noel. But when you do get this kind of situation where it looks close, Dom, in your mind, is it and this is a very leading question here. I will I will flag that up ahead of time. I uh, is the right idea. Just go with the team where if you end up unimmune with them, they have some more obvious targets on them. Is that like the tiebreaker in your mind? If you're Noel, I
1: I think so. And so looking at these two teams, I guess the the first team, the the Ellie team that has Cody and Cassie and so on, there there are a lot of people who we have seen being spoken about as targets. I, no one could know the full extent of that out there but the other team seems i guess you have gabler who by the time of the matrice is already making a name for himself um you have ryan who i guess pre-merge like stumbles into the merge as the guy who if his tribe had to go again certainly would have been voted out um but yeah i i think that's the right idea of just make sure that you are either sitting pretty with those targets, or you are uh, vulnerable with those targets. However you slice
0: it. Yeah, and incidentally, I uh, I would guess that at pretty much every merge we've seen for at least three or four years, if not long before that, virtually everyone's name is going to be getting thrown out there by someone uh, along the way, as especially now in the modern era uh, where I don't really know the details. And unfortunately we're not going to know many of the details as far as like the various paths that were chosen not to go down here as far as this boot was concerned. Cause pretty much this whole story after the challenge was kind of filtered through Ellie and that whole original yellow tribe uh, and the kind of dynamic between them, and we got to see very little from most of the other people uh, that were involved in making this decision. But I would have a hard time even trying to come up with who would be the safest bet to have their name thrown out there the least often. I'm guessing that at least the people not immune all had their name thrown out there, and were it the case that everyone other than an individual immunity winner was going to be at least theoretically eligible for the vote i would guess the full lot of them would have their name thrown out there at least in passing by one or two people as well i feel like that's just the state of how modern survivor merges work oh
1: and they play on that when they need to if they need to give the impression of chaos before vote they'll give you this uh hastily compiled montage of i think it's you i think it's you and then all of those clips which could go into the next week's or the previous week's next time on survivor episode we just you know shuffle those around a bit and we 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 get the job done
0: and so actually along kind of similar lines to that uh i've heard a lot made this week about the kind of historical significance of being on the right side of the merge vote and you will hear no objection from me as far as uh how important that was for a very long time. And I am by no means saying that it's now unimportant to be on the wrong side of the merge vote. And maybe this is me trying to do some serious mental gymnastics. Cause I really like a lot of the people that were on the wrong side of this vote. And I want to continue to be able to believe in them having just as good a shot as anyone else. And just for the record, uh, we had, I think seven people <clears throat> end up voting for Ellie Uh, Two people, Janine and Jesse, were not eligible to vote in the first place. So the people that were actually, I think, on the wrong side of vote were Ellie herself. And then Owen voted for James. uh, Noel voted for Cassidy. And Carla voted for Owen. Fully acknowledging how vital the merge vote. It continues to be and always has been for the most part on pretty much any season of Survivor. Do you think that we are getting to the point where it is at least less of a make-or-break situation than it was for a very long time, just given how fluid and open the game is going to be far more often than not in this modern era than it was before?
1: I I think so. And I don't know where you you take the cutoff point, where now you, you start this new sample and then you compare it with the entire run of Survivor, but yeah, I, I would be much less concerned about that, that these days, especially if we're going to do this thing where half of the tribe, uh, actually, maybe that makes it worse, right? Like if you can only vote for, uh, you know, six out of 12 people, then it should be less likely that you end up on the wrong side of, of that vote. At the same time, I think that twist basically distills it down into, okay, there are one of two options here, right? Like it's either this plan or it's this plan very easy to be on the wrong plan but i don't think it's as as fatal as it was in the past
0: yeah okay uh so as far as how all of this is going to play out we're going to run the challenge uh that one team that i don't even know really how to describe them uh, is going to win there and now all hell is going to break loose as far as like the original yellow tribe is concerned uh first let me ask dom this is the tribe that we saw go to the very first vote of the season and then run the table from there in the remaining immunity challenges. So they've had this kind of like tension building over time and they have had to go uh, politic with each other before and put pen to parchment and certainly got plenty of fallout as far as all of that was concerned. But they haven't had a chance to like rectify any of that amongst themselves between then and this merge actually hitting and i think for ellie this was like the disaster combination of results where not only is she going to be one of only six people vulnerable but crucially gabler is going to be one of the people who is lock safe and obviously knows he's lock safe and even if he weren't lock safe he still had an idol that he could have played on himself and it seems like gabler has potentially been waiting quite a while to get himself into this position where he can throw Ellie's name out there to throw Ellie's name out there more or less. uh, And this good,
1: it is so, so refreshing when people deliberately start shit in public at, you know, the merge feast, or whenever everyone is gathered around without any concern for, Oh, I, I, I hope she doesn't hear this. I like it when she, people just fire off like that.
0: And yeah. And I was, I was surprised to see when I was rewatching this scene, like I knew it on some kind of conscious level in my mind, but like to have him tell the story about how they went through his bag on day three to everyone at the merge feast as Janine is sitting right there, who he knows is very close uh, with Ellie. I, the Gabler kind of going, into invincibility mode here for this one round, I think was kind of the driving force in how all of this came together, or at least it's my best guess, because again, we didn't get to see much uh, from the people who were not part of this original yellow tribe. But I did wonder if there was something to the idea of like going to squarely one pre-merge tribal council and having it be the very first one and then run the table from there until the merge may actually be significantly worse than pretty much any other kind of tribal outcome before the merge where There is certainly a possibility that everyone's just down for a unanimous first boot and it wouldn't result in this kind of drama too often. But I feel like if you were trying to set up a situation for one tribe to kind of implode on itself at a merge, that's basically what you would do. Have them go to the first vote and create a bunch of drama out of that and then don't let them go vote ever again until the merge is like the recipe for a powder keg. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we mentioned that there is a downside to being like X and O, to going undefeated and not getting a chance to vote someone out, but if you want to take a loss to kind of uh, let out some of the blood from the tribe, so to speak, I think the timing maybe does matter more than we used to give it credit for. But yeah, if you, you do that early before... You can make any kind of informed judgment, and then any resentments from that first vote have had, like, 10 days to simmer by the time you get to vote again. That might be even worse than uh, than never getting that chance in the first place.
0: Totally, yeah. Uh, So what stood out to you as far as this whole scramble went? Because. As I was watching in real, not in real time, I haven't been watching live this season, unfortunately, but I do watch it when I get home that night on Wednesday, and I always stay off Twitter, uh, so I'm essentially watching live. I never I never know what's going to happen. Uh, when I was watching this, both the first and second time that I ended up watching this episode, I was really trying to find some sort of insight from people outside of this original Yellow Tribe, and I did think they did a good story. I uh, like a good job telling the story of why the people from the uh, BACA, VACA, heard it both ways. Uh, <laughs> why Why that original team was feeling the way that they were about each other. And we got a bit from James, I suppose. But what did you make of like this whole scramble and how it played out? Because it seemed to me like... Ellie was so much of a focus and everything going on with Gabler was just getting hammered so hard that I actually went into my first viewing of Tribal Council and whatever the vote-off was going to be thinking we had now transcended to the point where Ellie was so clearly like the only focal point during the (laughs) scramble that it couldn't be her and it would have to be some kind of like out-of-left-field boot. What what were your takeaways from the, the kind of just build-up to this tribal council, if any, outside of the drama with the yellow team? Even before this
1: episode, in the one pre merge episode that we did, I had already fixated on Ellie at that point as she seems like the typical merge boot because she's getting ahead of herself and everyone agrees that she's sarsen and needs to go. And so by the time we get here weeks later and that actually happens, it kind of felt so locked in and so preordained that I I almost wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the episode because I decided this had happened in my head weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Ellie during the early weeks, and I think justifiably so, was getting a lot of Michelle Fitzgerald uh comparisons, perhaps also because of how she like looks and sounds. Uh and the episode that we did, we talked a bit about that. Uh, but the name that was coming to mind for me in terms of the kind of vibes that I thought were at least conceivably in play as the game kind of progressed for ellie was rc saint amore uh and i Mm. feel like that is a a solid enough kind of uh parallel to draw here and i say that in as complimentary of a way as i can like the rc archetype there's some pun to be made there but i won't hurt everyone's the ears by maybe. Aussie type? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh something along those lines. We can workshop it. Uh we'll get back to you guys later. Uh that person is someone that I love having on any season of Survivor, and I feel like Ellie was fantastic in that role this time around.
1: hundred percent. Give me as many of those people uh, as humanly possible.
0: Yeah. Uh so I I feel almost at the point like setting aside the merge votes where it's very clearly just one big pre-merge majority is going to stick together and they're going to get their way and the producers will try or the editors will try, uh, to, to build some sort of tension, but it's pretty clear what's going to happen here and the story isn't that complicated. I feel like setting aside those sorts of situations, this is almost one of the like least Clear merge dynamics that I, I like least information provided kind of merge dynamics. And while in the cases that I set aside before, I think the reason is because it's so predictable, there's no real need to do anything other than try to pretend that's not what's going to happen. I feel like this is kind of the exact opposite of that, but lands me in roughly the same place of because all we really got to see was the fallout from the original yellow team and Ellie having a bunch of conversations with people. And now Ellie's gone. I feel like the, the people who were actually making this decision here didn't really get much opportunity to give us insight on how they're feeling about each other. I think most crucially, uh, and I, even though this was probably one of the more chaotic kind of merge beach dynamics in real time, like if we could see 24 hour live feeds of what was going on, as far as like the TV episode goes, I feel like it's one of the tougher merge spots, like in survivor history to really have a clear idea of how things are going to play out from here. Wait, do you have any like leading theories about who is really no. calling I- that? Cause <laughs> I, 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 sure don't like, I came into this merge thinking Carla uh, was going to be one of the front runners, to have a lot of influence uh, if we went down some path along these lines. And Carlos, somehow the one person voting for Owen, uh, Jesse was another person that I think I and probably many others expected to be in the mix, at least as far as like calling shots was concerned. He didn't even have a vote this round, and I don't know that we heard pretty much anything from him. Cody was very uncharacteristically quiet. I I, I really wish there was more to glean from this episode and maybe once we see how things play out from here the reason for that will become clear or there will be like easter eggs that we uh, could have picked up on and missed but as things stand now i have no idea like what the majority alliance even is at this merge
1: i think this might almost make more sense as a two-part episode and you can treat it as that mentally or i guess they could have structured it so that uh maybe there's no cliffhanger explicitly in part one but you you could treat this as this is the first phase of the merge and then the next vote is when we really get a sense of what's actually going on this is kind of like the entree and uh we we should treat it as such um rather than trying to read between the lines that maybe aren't even clear or maybe don't even exist in the first place
0: okay i like that interpretation a lot and i think you are right that you know once we have the full spectrum of people eligible to be voted out. uh, We will hopefully get uh, a bit more insight into how people are thinking longer term once they can be a bit more particular with the allies they want to bring in and the eliminations that they end up wanting to make there. Uh, Okay, so one other thing uh, certainly worth hitting on here is Janine and that idol, where... I th- again didn't get to hear a ton from janine She she seemed surprised by how the vote went but that may have been tricky editing i don't know i'm, I'm certainly not going to rule that out uh if in the world where she did know that ellie was very likely to be the elimination here she herself doesn't have a vote to cast anyway uh which i th- I think could be spun as a very good thing uh for in a lot of cases in a spot like this but do you think there was merit if she did somehow magically have certainty that Ellie is going to leave unless you idle her. Do you think she should be idling
1: Ellie? I don't think so. I think that just puts you in the spot where the two of you are now against the world and it's even easier for everyone else to solidify against you again, if not at the next vote, then at least in a few votes from now because you have made it very clear you have attached yourself to this incredibly controversial figure and uh, so you might even get the kind of blowback that we speculated about a few weeks ago where if a few weeks down the line people think what if Eddie has an idol well janine seems like the perfect backup vote to to place our uh, to hedge our bets on instead so i I don't think it it would be wise maybe one benefit of this kind of division which wasn't realized here you know she didn't use the idol Eddie goes home is that but i don't know how much of that was just janine not really knowing that ellie was fully in danger versus uh knowing it and playing up for the cameras that she wasn't but then yeah i guess we'll see that in next week in part two if you like uh but i think that if janine is in the safe half of the tribe it becomes a lot easier to talk yourself into yeah i'll use my idol on my friend who's vulnerable because like surely they would do the same thing for me or i was the one who got lucky by being on the winning team or i feel like those kind of altruistic idol plays if you like might be more likely with this kind of setup versus you know i don't want that to take away that layer of protection from myself uh in the merge vote where like if they're coming for ellie they probably are coming for me too or trying to split the vote somehow and if plays the votes plays the idol on her and me doing that is what leads to me being me being the actual boot as the the backup vote. Then I looked like this this massive clutch. So maybe this format gives them more freedom to uh, kind of swing for the fences in that regard. Even if you know it's going to take a few more tries to see that happen.
0: Right. I think people would have understood why she would feel compelled to idle Ellie if she had ended up pulling the trigger there. At the same time, I my general conclusion I think is roughly in line with yours, which is Ellie. It seems like is probably going to have a hard time wiggling out of being a, at at least a target on the radar, if not a high or the highest priority target on the radar for most people, especially in this kind of early post merge. So early, in fact, that it's not even the merge yet. We're still technically pre-merge somehow here, uh, where, By idling Ellie, I think the door is just so wide open for you now, first of all, no longer have an idol to save yourself later. And furthermore, your tight ally Ellie remains, perhaps at least, public enemy number one. And now you just thwart yourself into the position of public enemy number two. Uh, Whereas if Ellie just leaves here, it is far more likely that Janine can avoid that target together and even if it does come on her down the line which it probably will somewhere she has that idol still so i i was very much on board with the decision by janine to not end up idling ellie as much as you know if we want the yellow tribe chaos to continue to consume us all that would have been fantastic like i, I will grant that from a selfish viewer perspective that that was surely the right idea of let's keep ellie and all five of them in the game here uh and let's let the carnage continue there but uh for janine which i would imagine was her main priority when she's out there playing uh long term i i I very much like the idea to just keep the idol and hopefully separate yourself from uh association with ellie as much as you may like her on a personal level uh in in game terms i think is the the right idea uh for sure there all right uh dom what else as far as uh this not technically emerge round uh is concerned from you
1: Uh, i guess we have mostly left the the edric phase of our lives behind but uh, again, what do you got Wait,
0: who, who's jumping off the page to you
1: I, I, I was gonna say whether that's changing preferences or just the show being that much harder to to read now is uh up for debate but who you got actually i'll throw this back on you i, I don't know if i have a, a clear front runner as of now
0: who i got is the editors that's who i got i like i love being in this timeline now where no one is really jumping off the page to me like this is all i've ever wanted it Is a Obviously, I don't mean a a completely equal distribution of confessionals and at no point can you ever make anyone look particularly good or particularly bad. I just love that we are no longer in the era of even after like three or four episodes, you're lucky to have more than a few. And by that, I mean like three or four people still even conceivably in the winner mix i i love being in this timeline here where i don't think there's anyone remaining in the game or that was in the game in the first place that i would be like absolutely blown away if they were the eventual winner of this season and i don't think there's anyone that i would be confident saying like has to make it super far on this season and that's the only place i've ever wanted to be
1: but having said that, gun to your head, if you had to pick, who you got?
0: So, the, I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that is really uh, throwing a wrench into things for me, which is if I were to have the gun to my head last week, I would have said Carla was the the standout for me. And I think you know when we did the the must lose draft a couple of weeks ago she was someone who either i've already forgotten but she either came off the board she did she came off the board very late but would have been like the person i never selected uh and you ended up taking her in like one of the late rounds there Uh, i felt like we were if if we were being set up for anyone to kind of be an established power player early on in this post merge i thought it was going to most likely be carla but then we show up here this week hear virtually nothing from her and then she somehow finds her vote on owen so i feel like now all of that basically has to get scrapped everyone's going to know that she is the person from the blue team who had the idol and now i don't know what to make of of where carla stands with pretty much anyone from any of the other teams uh meaning not from the original blue team at this point in the merge but my gut reaction just based on where her vote ended up going was that she was left out of the loop and maybe we'll find out uh either next week or all the way down in like post-game interviews that there was some like tactical reason for these random votes and everyone was kind of in on ellie being the eventual boot but i would say As much as we talked earlier about there's never been a better time to be on the wrong side of the merge vote in the grand scheme of Survivor history, it's still not a good time to be on the wrong side of the Survivor merge vote. So the one person who was standing out to me uh, along those lines to this point, I now feel like I would be pretty willfully ignorant to do anything other than knock back into The middle of the pack, at least. Uh, And then the other person that I would say I was keeping kind of a close eye on to hear what they had to say, like strategically and about their bonds with everyone because of how they were shown to us during the pre-merge was Jesse, just because of the amount of influence it seemed like he had on that red team. And maybe Cody as well belongs in this same conversation. But in both cases, we heard pretty much nothing from them this week. So I, I, I really... Don't know what to make of that, and I'm I I actually the more we talk about this episode, remind me whatever it ends up being five six weeks from now to go back and watch this merge episode once I have seen like the final results to see if it makes more sense knowing the way that the game is going to play out because that at this point that's basically my lead theory is that as you flagged up this is kind of the appetizer for. like part one of what is spiritually i guess going to be kind of a two-part merge dynamic reveal episode sequence so i at this hour i i would have a next to impossible time not only picking out anyone i thought was like a front runner but even putting person x ahead of person y i feel like everybody (laughs) actually i do have one name coming to mind for me that i feel like would be the bottom of my list uh based on not even this week but a a previous episode but other than that separating who is number three in the power rankings versus who is number eight in the power rankings i feel like they're all running incredibly close uh as far as i can tell right now
1: what did you think about james this episode because we actually saw a decent amount of him both as Uh, A schema kind of running back and forth, and also as one of the possible targets. And he was uh, like, when when we did that master's draft, it came down to Jesse James, right? Like, those, those were two people left on the board at the end. And I had James as maybe like a low-key Winnipeg, and I don't know after this episode if I should be upgrading him or downgrading him. Uh, what, what did you make of his uh, portrayal?
0: So I don't think uh, having James in there at that point was unfair, obviously, because I was the other half of the people, <laughs> half of the drafters taking people off the board, and I was leaving James up there too. Uh, James this week, I think I would be coming up on James this week just because... We did see his name getting thrown out there, but it seemed like he not only handled that well and obviously had things break his way in terms of when people were putting their votes down on the parchment. But also what we got to actually hear from James uh, when he was getting kind of the bullshit pitch from Ellie about wanting to come together uh, with Cassidy and the people from the original uh, yellow tribe uh, as well and Cody, thus being the name that she wanted to float out there. We immediately like smash cut to a confessional from James saying, I don't believe this at all. I'm going to give her the kind treatment and pretend that I'm going along with it. But I think Ellie's totally full of shit here. Uh, I, I think there have been reasons to believe in James to this point, And I would say this episode is yet another reason to believe even more in James and setting even aside how he's like, playing and looking on the tv from like a game perspective i think he's also coming across very well from like just a personality perspective and i have found myself really really enjoying james like every time he's on the screen so i at least on a personal note hope that we get to keep seeing more of james and that he goes really far and does well all right lock it in what else you got <laughs> yeah uh, so i said there was one person that i felt like gun to my head would be the bottom of the pack for me do you have a guess as to who that would be
1: oh interesting uh hmm and it's i will guess...
0: i'll put this out here it's going to tie into something that we used to talk about all the time and i uh, ha- have not been bringing up for more recent years
1: uh I mean i don't think janine had a great week but i get the sense it's not janine
0: it is not janine I, 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 well, what's that gabler it is not gabler uh the, the, incidentally gabler has come up for me in my rankings just by virtue of getting a text from casual anna and in it she talked about how she actually really liked gabler uh so if the casuals are liking gabler i feel like that's a good reason to uh believe in him being like a a person worth keeping in mind big uh longer I, term
1: i i will say it disturbs me a little how much the official uh cbs survivor twitter account is leaning into this whole you got Gabler yeah. thing, which like no no one is saying that i don't let's <laughs> not make this happen please
0: uh, yeah, uh, it's like jeremy jam on parks and rec uh, but and so the person that if I had the gun to my head right now, I would say it would be the bottom of my power rankings because of the way he was presented a couple of weeks ago. At this point, I would say Ryan I, is someone that I would be oh, so. the most nervous about just because uh, the the thing that we always used to talk about to, I'm sure a very annoying and like nauseating extent back in the day was the idea of tactically throwing challenges uh, because as I think the yellow tribe is like making a good case for this season, They, like Ellie, I think if she could do it all over again, would go to another vote and get rid of Gabler before he has the chance to come blow up her spot at the merge and instead go in with a smaller group that all liked and trusted each other. Not that that was necessarily the case with like Sammy and uh, Owen to the fullest extent, but I think it's an approximation of a good idea just in general on Survivor and an idea that I am positive many people... Have implemented over the years of getting rid of people pre-merge on purpose because they're just going to be a massive net negative for you if they end up being allowed to make the merge uh, and like get there and blow up your spot. So you lose the challenge on purpose uh, to eliminate them before they have that opportunity. However, as certain as I am that this tactic has been employed very successfully many times over the years on not only American survivor, but international survivor seasons as well. Here's what does not happen. If you do this, you do not get shown on the TV episodes for having this play successfully work out. Anytime someone's talking about, Oh, I'm going to throw the challenge and it's going to go perfectly. And I'm going to get exactly what I want you person saying that are going to have a bad time uh and ryan was really hammered as like being giddy about the prospect of throwing a challenge so he could get his way uh and i thought to be honest that it was going to be him who ended up getting eliminated up until the point where at that geo travel council i think it was cassidy's vote it was someone's vote we got to see their confessional, but the vote was shot like from behind so as to not tip the name. Uh, and that was the first point at which I started to feel like it wasn't actually going to be Ryan, but just Ryan being the person who's like, enthusiastic about throwing a challenge well i do think that is a very fine mindset to have in plenty of circumstances obviously that was not the case for ryan in this situation and further like the the larger point here dom and sorry for taking forever to arrive at it is the tv episode will never show you that way if it's actually going to work out for you If, if you're getting discussion on tv about how badly you want to throw the challenge and how great of an idea that's going to be for you it is going to be a disaster
1: it, it was not obvious to me at the time that he was in fact throwing the challenge like when they uh they cut back to that clip of uh him throwing that final ball or whatever it seemed like that could uh, maybe this is my lack of athleticism uh, betraying portraying itself here it did not seem to me like that was oh clearly he you know he he missed that on purpose or whatever if it, it almost felt like the kind of story you tell yourself where you're disappointed in how you performed and you, you came so close to winning, but you, you fell at the last hurdle. And now you're kind of like dressing it up as, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to happen the whole time, even if, uh, you know, that the monkey's paw is going to twitch and like the, the worst outcome from that is going to happen to you instead.
0: So, yeah, very uh, popular theory that I've heard floated out there. And I know uh, Philip Shepard and Kara Moen is like one of the examples of it through survivor history of that sort of thing being speculated of, Oh, he just messed up the challenge and now he's going to claim that he threw it. But I and I think that is possible here with Ryan, but I think in either case, whether he accidentally messed up the challenge and just wanted to save face or whether he threw the challenge on purpose, either way, the fact that this is how he comes across in the TV episode uh, in terms of like, yeah, I, I think it's irrelevant whether he did it on purpose or not yeah uh okay so dom as like this is normally the part of the show where we would talk about predictions for the what no it's not it's so hard to i i think uh next week as as you flagged up and i think it's a very good point is going to be the real test assuming only one or two people are going to have immunity necklaces or some form of immunity as other than like idols and advantages and so forth that there is going to be a double digit number of people eligible to be voted for uh, this coming week, I think is going to functionally act as like a more clear merge vote uh, in terms of like projecting long-term dynamics and loyalties, et cetera. Uh, so eager to see how that plays out. Cause I think we're going to have at least hopefully a, a more clear idea of what this post merge is going to be looking like. After we see how that goes, Uh, I guess would be worth touching on uh, the couple of Coco tribal councils that we missed uh, these last couple of weeks. Dom, it seemed like the narrative, as far as the Lindsay vote was concerned, was that she was in a good, if not very solid position if she had just kind of sat on her hands there, but just got antsy and paranoid and kind of played her own way out. I have not, I, I'm not an exit press person. I, I click, I download, I never listen. I never read because uh, I want to support the people doing it, but I don't want to open myself to any uh, doors in terms of people saying things that I'm going to be inclined to read too much into. Uh, do you buy though that, And I bring up the exit press because I'm not sure if this has been confirmed or denied either way, uh, as far as all that goes. Do you buy that that Lindsay narrative is more or less what happened?
1: It sounds like she more or less buys what happens, uh, buys that that is what happens uh, based on the press. It sounded like Gio was kind of uh, a marked man from very early days. And there was only a very hasty last minute thing that led to it flipping on Lindsay. And then they almost revived the same storyline for this like Cassidy fake out in uh in Geo's actual boot episode um so it's creating this picture of Carla and James as I guess you could read it a few ways right you could read it as uh these are the core two and these like hangers on who are not going to be these reliable allies um you know are clearly being demoted to their second tier or you could say that like look they are squandering these people who would have been loyal to them to keep around people who would not and maybe if uh Carla does eventually meet her downfall at the hands of Ryan like this will be the moment that people point to as what could have been said
0: that is certainly within the realm of possibility to me uh that Lindsay and Gio both would have been very keen to stay with Carla like we saw Gio once he got back to camp and had the knowledge as power advantage went out of his way to make sure Carla knew and felt good about what was going on with all of that. Uh, and then he gets voted out anyway uh, in the timelines where it turns out that, you know, this stray vote by Carla wasn't an accident and she hasn't been fitting in with the people. I I, I could see a lot of uh, second guessing and like Monday morning quarterbacking the pre-merge decisions that she ended up making there. But uh, still, I would say, too early to be (laughs) ruling her out, at the very least here. Uh, And then, as as far as the Geo boot goes, I I believe I did uh, either see a tweet or somehow hear in passing that this was probably less of a surprise than it seemed like on TV and that he was uh, a name that had been getting floated out there pretty regularly on that blue team as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but disappointed, I will say, to see both Lindsay and Geo go. Uh, after that, blue team won the first few challenges. Again, I think by virtue of them being the blue team and not any other ca- color, I was just doing the lazy math that much like season 41, okay, these people on the blue team are going to be kind of lower key because they're winning all the challenges and we'll find out a lot more of them. Uh, a lot more about them later on once they're all there in the end game uh but wasn't meant to be this time around but disappointed to see both Lindsay and geo go and literally every single person that we have lost to this point on this season uh continues to disappoint me but i think that that is a very good sign uh for the franchise overall because every single person still in the game uh i would say would be someone that i would be depending on how it goes I, I could easily see myself being very happy for whoever of these whatever it is, 12 people or so 12, I think exactly, uh, remaining in the game. Whoever is the ultimate winner I am guessing mm. I'm going to be very very happy for. Uh, okay. Dom, anything else that you wanted to get to this week?
1: Nothing whatsoever. I'm good.
0: Alright. Uh, I believe that is going to do it for us here. Thank you everyone who has made it this far. And I think that uh, going forward we... Should hopefully at least be able to uh, come in here more regularly. I I feel finally situated at my new apartment. The audio is something that uh, we will continue to work on, but hopefully is not that big of a deal. And I'm really fired up for seeing how this whole post-merge ends up playing out. And, And maybe one actual final thing to get into is along the same lines, Dom, as how we showed up at this merge. And several people made the TV episode saying something along the lines of, "Okay, now the game can finally begin." I do wonder if in this modern era, the pre-merge suffers a bit, and maybe this is just a me thing, but in in general, because the eliminations seem so much so much less significant in like the grand scheme of the game at that point, where everyone's kind of at the point where we know it's going to be complete chaos once we all come together in this giant group and it's just a matter of getting there so whoever happens to be voted out pre-merge doesn't really advance anyone's position too much uh it just gets them one step closer to the shit show that is going to be the merge beach
1: yeah although i i know i feel like we came in here a lot in the 20s and the 30s uh just struggling every week to find something to say about True. You know, the second or third boot who was only shown to us insofar as they needed to explain why that person wasn't there anymore and we were kind of surprised to learn that they were there to begin with uh so i i don't know if, if maybe that is part of how they're feeling out there is that there's like a different attitude towards the pre-merge, but it, as in terms of my experience as a viewer, I think nothing really has changed that.
0: Okay. Yeah, you are right. that uh, It's not exactly like those uh, pre-merges in a lot of seasons in the 20s and 30s were anything to really write home about. Uh, but either way, very, very optimistic about how this season is going to go uh, playing out like forward here, uh, and t- certainly eager to find out more about what these big group dynamics are ultimately are going to look like uh and i as we've already touched on a couple of times i think this next episode is hopefully going to be uh a good look at how all of that is shaping up so uh excited to see what is to come here for us in episode seven but for today i think that's going to wrap it up for us he is of course on twitter at dom hrv i am at colin stone we will talk to you guys soon take care everybody